0: Welcome to Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this was probably my favorite episode so far,
1: I'd say. This is a pretty amazing episode. We're talking about The Way We Weren't. Hmm. And uh, this episode was directed by Tony Tilsey. We've seen him a bunch.
0: A lot.
1: Yeah, he seems to direct a lot of the more dynamic episodes. Hmm. And this episode was written by Naren Shankar.
0: Is that a name we've heard
1: before? That is not a name we've heard before. They have only written three episodes of Farscape. This one, which is one of the best episodes of Farscape. Mm. Beware of Dog, which I'm only eh on. And the second part of Liar's Guns and Money, which is again one of the best episodes of Farscape. Mm. So it's kind of a weird resume there. Uh,
0: Two out of three ain't bad.
1: As as Meatloaf would say.
0: Yes. So the episode opens with DRDs going all worry bananas i honestly kind of thought the drds would be would be a bigger part of the show
1: we get more drds later
0: okay because they show up every so often but you'd think they'd be bigger plot wise given how important they are to the running of moya
1: well the drds are like pets you know (laughs) I, i mean they serve the the story purpose of pets not that's what they do on moya but they serve the story purpose of pets and at some point, a character is going to be...
0: Trapped in a DRD?
1: No, no. Uh, the space equivalent of a cat lady.
0: Oh. Okay, that, that's also cool. I thought someone might get their brain stuck in a DRD. The,
1: there is no episode where a person gets their brain stuck in a DRD, but there absolutely should have been.
0: I know, I'm disappointed now.
1: I need meet- to... Me too, honestly. Me too. And
0: yeah, John gets stuck as a DRD and he's all whirring around trying to get people's attention. And, you know, Ben Bradder's doing the monologue and the DRD is just like... Wah, wah, wah,
1: wah, 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 wah. Dang, I want that now. <laughs> Especially because, and I don't feel like this is a spoiler because this is a sci-fi show. There is a body swap episode later.
0: You've mentioned that.
1: A DRD totally could have gotten into the mix. Yeah. But no, no, that's not what happens. Anyway, as you said, the DRD are... Dreaming around Moya in distress, and we see that there are a bunch of peacekeepers on board.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Yeah, peacekeepers in their big peacekeeper uniforms, and a peacekeeper commander. Sorry, I just realized I don't know what his rank is.
0: Guy in charge-ish.
1: He's a lieutenant.
0: Lieutenant. Lieutenant
1: Valoric, and he speaks to the pilot not
0: our pilot
1: exactly not our pilot
0: a lady pilot
1: Mm -hmm. and she says that she is not going to participate in this experiment also i mean it is a lady pilot because you know it's a lady's voice Mm. um but i was wondering how would you know it's a lady pilot it's the same kind of puppet
0: they put eyelashes on it
1: <laughs> right they didn't do any of that like weirdly gendered stuff but the captions do read lady pilot so there there you go I guess
0: yeah so she refuses to go along with their wicked schemes and they just you know they're like okay I guess we'll shoot the crap out of you
1: yeah Grace comes in so oh uh-huh. now we realize this is a flashback because there's Grace hmm because was...
0: this isn't our pilot yeah, that too. I guess this could be a different Leviathan.
1: It definitely could be a different Leviathan, which we'll talk about. Hmm. But Krace wants to know why Valerick hasn't taken care of this yet. And Valerick is like, I was waiting to see if I could convince her. And Krace is like, no, just shoot her. Just shoot her dead. And that's what the commandos do. They shoot her dead.
0: Yeah, it's very much like... Um... It's like that scene in RoboCop back when he was Robert Cop before they shot him all those times. Yes. Where it's it's an excessive amount of shooting of a person. It's just Yeah. A lot of shooting. <laughs> a gratuitous amount of shooting, if you will.
1: Yeah, and we see that Valerik looks really upset even though you know he's a peacekeeper, but he is a he's an upset peacekeeper. He definitely does not want to be doing this.
0: Well, it's too late for that, dude.
1: Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be a peacekeeper. Although we know that the peacekeepers, you know, forcibly recruit people, so maybe he didn't have a choice. Mm.
0: They're like Amway.
1: Yes, yes. The peacekeepers are basically just, I was going to say an evil MLM, but let's just say MLM.
0: They're MLMs in general. You know, you you have a friend from high school who I, you haven't talked to for a while, and she's like, hey, you want to be a girl boss making your own money, seeing the universe? You know, you set the rules. You, I don't know, I don't have friends from high school who've tried to do this to me. But, uh, you can be your own girl boss. You could be your own hashtag girl boss if you join the Peacekeepers. Have you had friends from, uh, high school who've tried to MLM
1: you? Um, yes. Yes. Okay, so, I had a friend who, when I was much, much younger... Tried to get me to join the sex toy MLM, and I almost did. Uh, in fact, the reason I didn't is because I didn't have enough money for the startup kit to do the sex toy MLM. So, mm. got saved there. And um, I don't, I don't begrudge them. I'm pretty sure she doesn't do MLMs anymore. And you know th- that particular kind of MLM, I, it, it's more like a fun thing you do on the weekends. You know, you go do sex toy parties. Mm, yeah. So
0: like that one episode of Bob's Burgers.
1: Yeah, or that one episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. My cousin does MLMs. And I have a friend who did, like, those nail um, MLMs. Mm. Do you know the one I'm talking about?
0: No, I don't. I'm not really the market for MLMs.
1: Okay, so it's actually one of the better ones. And she actually does run her own business, like, legitimately not an MLM.
0: Mm.
1: And... The 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 little the nail, po- the, it's not nail polish, it's like a little cover that you put on your nails. Yeah. Anyway, I think those that's one of the more bang for your buck ones. I'm
0: really surprised that MLMs are as popular as they are, given that I think every single TV show ever did an MLM episode. Yeah. King of the Hill did one, Superstore did one, I'm fairly certain Malcolm in the Middle did one.
1: I mean, everyone thinks they're the exception and they can make it work. And and my friend who does the nail one, she never did try to recruit me, but she did ask me if she could do a Facebook party on my page. Hmm. And I was like, sure, go for it, whatever. And I kind of felt bad because, I, as you can tell from this expansive list I've just given you, I don't have a lot of friends who are into MLMs, so I don't think she generated a lot of business off of my friends list on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I got some I got a message from someone I knew in high school that I thought might be the beginning of an MLM thing because it was a list. It was like this aspirational list thing that I didn't finish reading because I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, this is so boring. And it totally missed the mark because it's like, are you spending all of your time in clubs, but you're still alone or something? It might be it might have been a religious thing. though.
1: Oh, maybe it was like trying to sell you one of those lifestyle courses where they teach you how to be rich. Like, rich dad, poor dad. Ugh.
0: Those, I, I don't get those. Like, those have to... You have to be really desperate to do one of those, right? Because they don't seem like they work for anyone. Like...
1: I mean, I don't think you have to be desperate, but I think you have to be a little naive.
0: I mean, I don't want to quote it because... Scott Adams is an awful person, who I end up quoting on podcasts more than I mean to, but he's an awful person. But he said in one of his Dover books, he's like, the secret about rich people is that they don't want company. Right? So never trust a rich person who tells you that they can make you rich, which...
1: I mean, that's pretty good life advice.
0: Weird how he ended up going all in on Trump, although his thing was... He appreciated Trump because he was a master grifter, not because he believed him. And I'm like, that's worse, arguably.
1: But that's worse. You see how that's worse, right? I will say what happened is Dilbert took off and Scott Adams became rich. (laughs) Do you
0: remember the Dil Burrito?
1: I do remember the Del Burrito, but not from uh, not from living through it. I remember it because the AV Club did an article about it a couple of years ago that I read and was like, what am I even looking at?
0: I was going to say Jim Davis wishes that he could market uh, Garfield like that, except Garfield has an actual restaurant, so.
1: Yes, yes, Garfield Eats.
0: Mm. Does that still exist? I have to imagine Corona killed Garfield Eats if it survived till Corona came.
1: Well, the- Garfield Eats was more popular overseas than here, Mm. and I know other countries have it under control better than we do, so I think it might actually still be okay. You know, we went off on, like, three different tangents when we were just about to do the big act-out reveal.
0: Oh, yeah. One of the many people who shot the female lady pilot to death so many times was Aaron. which, I mean... Yeah, she was a peacekeeper. And it turns out that this was on a hollow clip, a video clip, a whatever clip.
1: And I really love the way they do it. Like when Aaron takes off her helmet and we see that it's her, the camera like zooms in on her and the film becomes grainy. And then it fades out so that we see John looking at it from behind it.
0: So my thing was less, oh my God, I can't believe Aaron killed that pilot and more Jim from the office's. So you're just recording us in the bathroom now, huh? Because is Moya, like, does does Moya automatically record everything that happens in her? Is this a peacekeeper thing? I, I want to know. I, if I was one of the people in the room, I would be concerned about being filmed all the time more than the fact that Aaron, you know, killed someone.
1: Well... We don't know who put the hidden cameras around, but Chiana and John, who are the ones who are watching this video, speculate that the peacekeepers did it to spy on, you know, their crew. And we have no reason to think that that's not true. So that's, it was the peacekeepers.
0: Also, as a side thing, I don't actually remember. Do we find out how they found the clip?
1: Chiana was just cleaning things out and she found it. She found the camera and this was in the camera.
0: It's weird. Weird that that didn't come up until now. I know Moya's like the size of a planet or whatever, but.
1: I mean, I imagine Chiana going exploring in places the rest of the crew doesn't. So if anyone was going to find it, that works for me. That it was Chiana.
0: And she was cleaning.
1: No, she was like clearing out. Uh. I really like this, by the way. We are tight on John's face and then he kind of turns the clip back on. So we see his face fade back into Aaron's face.
0: Hmm.
1: Like the direction here is really dynamic.
0: Yeah. So, everyone's pretty furious about this. Like, everyone is really, really mad that Aaron was doing peacekeeper stuff before she joined them.
1: I mean, I love Chiana, who says to the rest of the crew, what, did you think Aaron was one of the nice peacekeepers who, like, didn't do any of this shit?
0: So, everyone is like, Bonkers upset John and Gianna have shown the tape to everyone and they're all like bonkers upset that, you know, Aaron did Peacekeeper stuff before defecting. I don't get why anyone is surprised about this.
1: I mean, Xan is like, how come you didn't tell us that you did this? And Aaron's like, I did a lot of shit on a lot of Leviathans. I didn't know it was this one.
0: Are, are we really going to get into this, Xan? We're we going to start talking about this sort of thing, Zan? We're going to start talking about stuff we did before joining the crew? Yeah, we're going to talk about
1: who we may or may not have murdered when we were having sex?
0: Like, I mean, obviously Zan had better reasons to kill the people she did.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, not definitely don't want to both sides this.
0: Yes. Aaron is very clearly in the wrong, but at the same time, like, I don't know why this is surprising to anyone. And again, I really like this episode. I think it's a really good episode. But also, honestly, I like this a lot more than Crackers Don't Matter. And I feel like it is a more serious, better version of Crackers Don't Matter.
1: Mm, Because everyone's kind of going at each other.
0: Yeah. Everyone's divided over... Right now, everyone's just all in on Aaron, but everyone's kind of different levels of angry at her, and that manifests and sort of breaks between the rest of the crew. Mm -hmm. Like, Rigel's like, I think we just need to throw her out into space and let her die there, because clearly we can't trust her since she did the crap we know peacekeepers do all the time back when she
1: was a peacekeeper. Right. Uh, Zan gets angry that she murdered a helpless pilot, and Aaron reminds her, um... Remember in the third episode when you cut off Pilot's arm?
0: I do love Aaron calling that back. Aaron's like, look, we've all done things we're not proud of. Y'all more recently than me. Like,
1: well, and I think this is valid. Aaron says, you know, I was a different person then. I had different values, different priorities. And this takes us into a flashback because we're going to see Aaron's peacekeeper life. But I think before we see that flashback, it's important to realize the Zan, who is who she is now, cut off pilot's arm.
0: Okay. I, I'm not going to disagree with you exactly. Okay. Aaron is the same person she was back when she was a peacekeeper, but her moral code has changed. She's always followed her moral code the same amount. It's just shifted dramatically into a different direction.
1: Okay, I'm going to disagree with you, which we will talk about when we get to the climax of this episode. Mm. Because I don't think that Aaron's behavior at the end of this episode is even in the same galaxy as current Aaron. And I don't think Aaron then thought it was moral. I think she realized that what she did was an immoral act, but she did it to further her career. Hmm. Like, you can tell she feels conflicted about what she did.
0: But isn't that, like, moral within the way Peacekeeper's morality functions?
1: Well, but if it is the way you're saying, I think she would have felt no guilt. We can see from Claudia Black that she felt guilt.
0: Ah, okay, That's, that's a solid point. So, in the flashback... Back in time.
1: Ooh, back in time.
0: Yeah. Prowlers are whizzing throughout Moyas nether regions, I guess. It's weird to think of as, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. It is weird to think about her as a living ship when people are flying into her.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay, well.
0: I don't like having discs inserted into me. Except for Oreos. And even then, only in the mouth.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, the reason that was
0: a Futurama reference for <laughs> when Fry was in the uh, robot insane asylum. God, yes, that depiction of mental uh, illness has probably not aged great.
1: No, I suspect it hasn't. Anyway, the reason Erin is watching these Prowlers Land is because we discover she has been taken off prowler duty and has been assigned to cargo transport for Lieutenant Valerick and she is not pleased about that.
0: Cargo transport apparently also includes shooting the crap out of pilots.
1: I mean, yes.
0: Well, it's like that uh that TikTok of that guy who's like they hired me to flip burgers, I'm not le- an electrician who he's at like some fast food chain and he's showing like, the job he was assigned to do that day was to fix some wiring problem, and he's like, I'm really not trained for this.
1: Oh. Yeah! No, I, I haven't seen that TikTok. Also, that's super dangerous! Wow! Capitalism is the worst.
0: That is one of the thing about working jobs like that, though, where- A, people are awful to fast food workers, especially people in positions of power who make fun of people who flip burgers, but those jobs require you to be able to do a wide range of things competently. It's true. Like, I worked in fast food for a, let me be clear, very short period of time, mostly because I had to be at my job at five in the morning, and it was really far from where I lived. It was so far, in fact, that the trains were not running, so I had to walk there, and I'm like, this is not tenable long term.
1: No, that's way too early. I've never worked fast food, but I did work at a movie theater, and I did have to work movie theater concessions. Mm. And concessions was always the worst assignment when you're working at the theater. Eh, maybe door, but that's because door was so boring. Mm. I'd rather be doing something grueling than something boring, but that's, like, just my personal preference.
0: Well, at the place I worked at, which uh, I, I don't feel like I should say, but it rhymed with schmunk and schmonuts. The thing was, like, we had kind of an early shift, so there'd be, like, a rush... And then we'd have no one for hours. And they had a, you know, thing where you can't be doing nothing. And I was like, there's legitimately nothing to do, though. We've cleaned everything. And my manager would be like, you have to do something. You can't just stand around here. And I'm like...
1: I know. It's a terrible mentality. Ugh.
0: I guess I also worked at a uh,
1: Coldstone, which was fine. So, so Lieutenant Vellerick, Yes. Is like, so you've been driving my transport ship aaron aren't you curious what you're transporting and aaron could not be less curious she's like no i don't care whatever no heart emoji
0: is it a naked girl in a box because this is a sci-fi show
1: i hadn't thought about it but that is such a sci-fi trope and it's not a naked girl in a box it's a pilot in a box
0: a naked pilot
1: yeah well, pilots don't wear clothes. all pilots are naked pilots mm. and this is a very naked pilot because he's not attached to the ship yet.
0: do you like my uh do you like my Leviathan? It has pockets
1: yes, exactly
0: so in the present, Zan is all honked off at Aaron still because moral outrage I guess
1: mm-hmm Aaron claims that if she had known that The ship she was on was Moya. She'd have said something.
0: And Chiana calls her space racist. Chiana's like, oh, so all ships and pilots look the same to you. And Aaron's like, I don't know what to tell you. I did a lot of stuff when I was a peacekeeper. I did just so much stuff. It all runs together.
1: Zan says, you know, it's probably a good idea if Pilot never ever sees this recording. And...
0: She walks off, and Chiana, in the most transparent move ever, is like, I think I'll go check on Zan. It's like, yeah, okay, Chiana. Zan, who you actively hate. I guess Chiana hates all women, though, so. No,
1: I think I think starting last episode, they're letting her have female friends now. Remember, she kind of had a moment with Zan at the end of last episode, when she was like, you were the best of us. All you did was have lots and lots of orgasms. We were the ones who are irresponsible.
0: Okay. I don't particularly remember that, but I believe you.
1: Chiana also asks Aaron if it's normal for Leviathans to have multiple pilots so that we can have a nice segue back into the past.
0: What is this, once upon a time?
1: It is a very once upon a time structure. You know, Farscape was really ahead of its time. This is the kind of flashback present day structure that Lost would make its... Thing. It's thing.
0: So, what's his bucket is torturing the new pilot, our pilot, Pilot Classic.
1: This is important though. He starts out being really gentle with the pilot. He's like stroking his cheek and trying to calm him down. He only pokes him with a cattle prod when Krace comes in and is like, Do you have this pilot under control? And I love this. This is so interesting. Their translator microbes aren't translating what the pilot is saying because pilot language is too complex to be translated. Huh. basically pilots have to speak in ridiculous baby talk in order for translator microbes to pick it up. And you know, since the pilot is upset, he's not remembering to do that. It makes sense too. Cause if you think about a pilot having their multitasking ability, the ability to run all of the Leviathan systems at once, It would make sense that their language would be similarly complex. Yeah. In the present, John is all, hey, Aaron, it's therapy time. But Aaron, Aaron, Aaron doesn't want to do that. John wants Aaron to like open up and share her trauma and Aaron just runs away and then has a flashback.
0: It's share time, Buffy. Oh. No, that's a completely different situation. Yes. Oh, man. Conversations with Dead People is such a good episode.
1: It really is. It's probably... To- it's definitely a top-tier Buffy episode. Maybe top ten. Yeah. So... Be-
0: are you just saying that because there's no Xander in it?
1: You know, I totally forgot that.
0: It's the only episode of Buffy that Xander doesn't appear in.
1: That's so bizarre.
0: Well, it's because he was supposed to have a story with... Uh, Jesse. With Jesse, with, er- but they couldn't get Eric Balfour back.
1: Yeah, but it's strange that we don't even see...
0: Like, he's not... Like,
1: at the house after when everything's wrapping up. Yeah. So, back in the past, in Aaron's memory, we see Krace yelling at Valoric some more that he's gotta get this pilot under control, and Aaron approaches Krace and is like, Hey, um, can I have Prowler duty back, please? And Krace is like, This isn't how chain of command works! Don't talk to me! I'm way too important to be talked to!
0: So, two guys come and they start... I was going to say sexually harassing Aaron, but I guess it's just regular harassing.
1: Yes, just regular harassing. (laughs) They're all like, ooh, Aaron's too good for us. She's a prowler pilot. She doesn't want to drive transport vessels.
0: She's too fancy to scoop pilot guts out of Moya's pilot hole.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Because as we mentioned last week, pilot's tentacles go all the way through the ship, so...
0: They're going to have to do some orifice crawling to clear out the old pilot.
1: Oof. Gruesome. Like, it's really gruesome when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So, Aaron in the present is in the gym, just hitting the heavy bag.
0: Okay, I want to say, I know it's not supposed to be, but I find it deeply hilarious that her heavy bag is designed to look like the Peacekeeper logo.
1: I was actually going to mention what a sci-fi trope this is to... Have something that is obviously an earth equivalent, like a heavy bag, but this one is triangular instead of cylindrical, like why in in Battlestar Galactica, famously, all of the paper is eight sided like all of the corners are cut off mm. why
0: <laughs> because they worship stop signs in the past
1: I mean that doesn't even make sense- it's not even efficient to cut the corners off of literally every piece of paper you you produce as a culture. I I why? I,
0: I wonder if it's one of those things where you have to go back a whole bunch like the reason why uh keyboards are in the position they are and is because of a like how typewriters needed to be set up and it's something that's just so divorced from the way modern stuff works but you know.
1: I, okay, I mean I guess there there could be some rationale that i just don't know yeah
0: i mean Lindsay ellis talked about that a little bit in her uh video uh, about bright about mm-hmm. how when you're creating in in that case it was a fantasy world but if you throw in just little things have deep reaching implications like one of the orc characters gets called shrek and she's like okay so in this fan- in this like modern day fantasy world where there was there's been elves and orcs and all this other jazz and has been for since time began, somehow the movie Shrek got made. Somehow, Walt Disney created a like he created his movie company, which you know created children's media based on fairy tales. Which were Which apparent, apparently also exist. Which apparently also exist.
1: And um, it, it became such a cultural touchstone.
0: They became so ubiquitous.
1: That it made sense to make a mocking movie out of it with Shrek. Yeah. And yeah, no, I Lindsay's Ellis' breakdown of Bright is great. You're right, yes. The existence of anything like this implies a whole history. And in Bright, it's bad because that history obviously isn't there, so what are we doing? Here, you're right, a a, a pyramid-shaped, or a, a prism-shaped, a prism-shaped heavy bag implies a whole other culture.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, just the fact that it's their logo, and I guess the Peacekeepers are pretty well-branded as yeah. a society.
1: Fascists usually are.
0: Hmm. Which, we're right back at MLMs, aren't we? <laughs>
1: Anyway, Aaron's hands are all bloody from how hard and how much she's been punching and she's like collapsing with exhaustion and and distress and John comes in and it's actually a really tender moment. Hmm.
0: Yeah, he's like, look, everyone hates you but me, but in a nice way.
1: Not in a manipulative way.
0: Yeah, he's like, look, I'm on your side even if everyone hates you, which they do except for me. But no, look, everyone will come around like we all know you've done nasty stuff before. Like,
1: I mean, it's really nice the way he's comforting her. He's just holding her and letting her kind of break down, just supporting her while she breaks down.
0: I honestly really like the way that the scene is shot from above. So that John and Aaron are literally inside the peacekeeper symbol while they're having this conversation.
1: And not just that they're inside the white part of the peacekeeper symbol, but they're being held apart by the red part.
0: Yeah. Like... It's really good shot composition
1: and and it makes sense too because Aaron talks about how she's kind of always kept John at a distance and it's because she has stuff in her past that makes her not want to be close to people
0: okay what I really like about this is this sort of show uh, I'm I'm actually spreading a pretty wide umbrella here hmm but this sort of sci-fi. Female lead, male lead, X-Files, you know, a lot of the show hinges on, you know, this the two human pairing that, you know, will they, won't they? Oh, it looks like they're going to, but maybe they won't. I really like that Farscape, A, has John and Aaron have sex relatively early in the show and get that out of the way, mm-hmm. and B, actively talk out their relationship at multiple points because I didn't watch really any x-files but i've seen enough of this sort of show to know that they kind of need to drag this out for multiple seasons because if the characters get together it's like a bullet in the head of the show
1: well i have to say the way this show addresses that is unconventional the way this show drags it out is pretty remarkable i'm very excited to get to all of that by the way
0: so, Aaron talks about, I mean, we we should actually discuss, Aaron talks about, hey, look, I am romantically attracted to you. I I would like to have a relationship with you, except I'm a peacekeeper, and that's not the way relationships work with us. With us, relationships are basically just sexual. There's not a there's not an emotional component to them. And there is an emotional component to our relationship, which is reminding me of something in my past, which is making me not want to continue moving forward with you.
1: Yeah. She says that peacekeepers just consider sex essentially recreational. Mm. And remember earlier last season, we learned that Aaron knows that her parents were unusual and that they did love each other. Her mother came to her and told her that her parents loved each other and that's unusual.
0: Her parents were freaks.
1: Yes. And And she
0: carries the same freak gene.
1: She does. In fact, she was lovers with Valaric and she thinks that she might have loved him.
0: Valaric was the guy who was like treating uh, Pilot kindly and then start zapping him in the nards as soon as, uh...
1: Crace showed up? Yeah. And John is like, wait, but you said he was cattle prodding Pilot. Isn't he a terrible human being? And Aaron is like, no, he was actually a really good guy in a way that will unfold in the rest of this episode. But first we're going to be interrupted by Pilot on the clamshell who has seen... The tape. Okay, how
0: crappy a job did Zan do hiding it? Or did Zan just run and show it to Pilot?
1: Well, Rigel's the one who showed it to Pilot. And we already know that Pilot is exceptionally good at finding, so Erin hmm. is going down to Pilot's den and she tells John she's gonna go alone. This is this is just her and Pilot. And she reminds Pilot like, they are closer than anyone else on the ship. She has Pilot's DNA in her. Mm. Even John hasn't been that close to her.
0: No. It's not
1: still there. Yes. Was that too gross? Was that too graphic a joke?
0: No, because that's the joke I was making and then you just built off it.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm undercutting a really powerful scene.
0: Yes. Pilot is super bonkers honked off because, you know she murdered his predecessor here and like this is a really big deal like he he shouldn't be bonded to moya he should not be moya's pilot the lady that aaron killed that aaron participated in the killing of Mm -hmm. she's like what a 16th responsible for the death of this (laughs) lady if we're parceling this all out
1: yeah sure that's i mean maybe like i'd say she's like 4.17 percent responsible
0: she murdish her,
1: yeah, oh so pilot grabs Aaron by the neck and holds her up, and remember
0: pilot is big,
1: yeah, pilot is huge, although we only see his arm from the like elbow out when he grabs Aaron by the throat because as huge as the pilot puppet is. They did have to detach the arms to shoot this because he's not quite, his reach isn't quite that far. Mm. But him hoisting up Aaron by her neck causes us to flash back to Pilot being lowered into the den for the first time. Which, by the way, there's an above shot of this. Which is great because it mirrors the shot we just had of Aaron and John. But also meant they had to build out a whole set for this.
0: Oh, well, this is that thing you were telling me about, like, how when people were writing Star Trek scripts and they're like, okay, so so-and-so ha- opens a panel on the wall and starts messing with stuff back there, the set designers would be like, you know, there's not actually stuff back there. We have to build stuff every time you do something like that.
1: Yeah. It must be amazing to be a scriptwriter and just throw these things out there and then not even think about, oh, that means people have to build, like, a whole thing. Well, Talking
0: Simpsons, as uh, mentioned... About, you know, the people who write The Simpsons talk about, like, the animation gnomes, where you can just be like, okay, so Homer is juggling uh, Chainsaw and and a horse, and they just have to figure out how to do it?
1: Well, just this week, somebody put out an oral history of Marge vs. the Monorail, mm-hmm. and one of the things they talked about in that oral history was how they had to animate North Haverbrook. They had to create a whole new town that didn't exist before.
0: Yeah, a ghost town. Yes. God. Classic Simpsons is so good.
1: I know. I know.
0: The fact that you can do one of those on just any random episode. I mean, obviously, Marge vs. the Monorail is a big one. The whole thing with why uh, why George Takai wasn't in it.
1: Oh, I love that, I, which I didn't know until I read the oral history. They originally asked George Takai to be in that instead of Leonard Nimoy.
0: Because he's a reoccurring person, or he, he, he is a reoccurring uh, guest star on The Simpsons.
1: Right, but he also works for the California Transportation Agency, so he didn't want to do an episode trashing monorails.
0: Yeah. Like, as I think he's on their bureau of something. He's on, like, the... California Transpira- uh, Transportation Bureau. Yeah, it was some some board
1: something. that does stuff.
0: And he's like, yeah, I, I can't do... I can't do this. And I'm like, what a very specific reason to not be able to do an episode. Right? <laughs> then, and then, of course, later they got uh, Leonard Nimoy back for the uh, X-Files episode.
1: Yes. Well, and, and personally, I, I am a public transportation nerd, hmm. so I was very excited to hear that George Takei also is into that. So we see... Valaric calming Pilot as he is placed inside of Moya.
0: Because Pilot's like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I, I can't. I The bonding process is like this whole giant thing that I haven't done yet.
1: It's a whole thing.
0: I didn't do any of my space homework and now I'm naked in space class during the space finals.
1: Yeah, basically. And then we go back to the present. Aaron is you know, being strangled. So Dargo and John are running to the den to help Aaron not be dead. And we go back to the past and we learn that the time it takes for a pilot to bond to a Leviathan is a couple of years. Like, it's a whole process. There's like a whole courtship thing that has to happen between the pilot and the Leviathan. I mean, you laugh, but that's essentially what it is. Yeah. And... We're cutting back and forth between that and the present. John and Dargo do get to the den, but Pilot opens a vent up to space to keep them from saving Aaron because he is not having it. And Valerik tells Pilot that they're going to do kind of a artificial bonding so that when Moya wakes up, Pilot is just there and she doesn't... Yeah. have to accept him it's just they're already artificially welded together
0: yeah and he's like but that's not how it works like she'll she'll be upset and there Var- varic valric valric's like with what we're doing she she shouldn't even she shouldn't even know you're someone different
1: well i mean she knows you're someone different but she doesn't really think of it as an option to not bond because they're already bonded Ugh. yeah and this is apparently Valoric's thing he's the one who has figured out a way to do this to to artificially bond pilots that's why he's so in demand mm. and we see that the process is very painful for pilot and it looks gruesome he's like pulling out what looks like viscera it, it looks like nerve endings like uh. giant nerve endings anyway they they get Pilot to stop trying to kill them immediately, but he's still not pleased and says Aaron has to leave the ship. She can't stay on the ship. It is an affront to Moya for her to be on that ship. Which, fair. Yeah, I mean, right? Everyone gets mad at Rigel now, because he's the one who disrupted the peace by showing her the video, which, what the hell, Rigel?
0: Seriously, I did Rigel just want someone to be more mad at aaron than him like he's really like he's he's betrayed them a few times by now stirring the pot really seems like a bad idea
1: and i'm not even getting into whether or not pilot should have been told because i think maybe pilot should have been told but what was rigel's rationale for doing it i i, I don't i don't see i don't see a good end game here for him
0: hmm I mean, honestly, it seems like he kind of did it just to be a dick, which...
1: Yeah, I guess he just wanted to see Pilot punish Aaron, since she was a peacekeeper while he was being tortured, which he already knew. I mean, I know it makes it more visceral to know that she was, like... There. ...in the next room while you were being tortured, but... You already knew that. Well, I mean, not that she was on the ship.
0: Did he not know that? She was part of What's-His-Bucket's crew. Crace. Yeah, doesn't that mean she was on the ship?
1: Well, by the time we meet Aaron, she is a prowler pilot again, so she wouldn't have been on Moya, but no, you're right Grace was yeah,
0: Moya was Grace's ship,
1: yeah, I mean moya Grace was in con- command of Moya, but not the ship that he was stationed on. if that makes sense mm-hmm. no it's it's a strong point though yeah they
0: i mean I mean
1: there's a difference between knowing and seeing,
0: yeah. It's just this, I just feel like this doesn't, I, I guess it's it's more of a personal thing, but practically it feels like it doesn't really change anything. So.
1: I mean, I like that the show doesn't forget what everyone's been through. Like, it doesn't forget that Dargo and Zan and Rigel went through real trauma when they were imprisoned.
0: It's not, uh, it's not everyone has to be cool with Spike. yeah. Buffy does that a lot. Like, Spike repeatedly tried to kill a lot of the Scoobies. And she
1: makes Robin Wood just deal with Spike, even though Spike killed his mom. Spoilers for Buffy? Whatever. It's so old.
0: <laughs> I mean, season seven Buffy is a pretty huge dick.
1: She really is.
0: Hey, kids, you're all gonna die just constantly over and over again.
1: She's a real downer, isn't she? Yeah. In that season. So, Aaron decides she's going to leave, because-
0: Aaron and her rear end decide that they're going to leave.
1: Okay, so, is this the first time Aaron has worn this top?
0: I don't know.
1: This is one of Aaron's standard tops, but I think this might be the first time we see it. It's basically a leather vest that she wears nothing underneath.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Zan is treating her for being choked, but she's being kind of a dick about it, and Aaron's like, look- Thanks for your compassion, but if I make Pilot uncomfortable, then I don't want to be here.
1: Yeah, which makes sense because she is so close to Pilot. And she feels the pain of what she did more than, you know, the rest of the crew. More than anyone else other than Pilot. Like, I feel like any other crew member, any other Moya crew member would not be as willing as Aaron is to leave. It's because of her deep bond with pilot that she is going to respect his wishes.
0: Yeah. She and her weird leather vest and her tight, tight leather pants are getting out of there.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Aaron's bonds with other people, mm. we go back into the past and we see her in a sexy sex scene with Valerick.
0: Yeah. They're having sexy TV sex where he's shirtless and, she's got the covers pulled around her chest but is implied to be naked and she's like "Ooh, yeah embrace me from behind let's kind of rub our faces against each other mm, that's nice
1: ah uh, yes tv sex Valerick wants aaron to stay with him and aaron's like yeah that's not how it works we're peacekeepers we go where peacekeepers send us that's why we don't make bonds and love each other because high command could separate us at any moment. And he's like, yeah, but I have specialized knowledge. So if I say I want you stationed with me, they'll station you with me.
0: And she's like, ooh, abusive command is hot.
1: (laughs) Ooh, give me that sexy, sexy...
0: Referral. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see you move that paperwork around. Ooh, baby.
1: Oh, bureaucratic circumventation. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But then she's like, no, I can't. I must do my duty as a peacekeeper. And he's like, why don't you do my duty as a peacekeeper?
1: Okay, and no, we're being silly, but honestly, he is giving her straight talk. He's like, look. You can do more. You could do more than just fly around in ships all day. You could be something great. And also, you don't have to work for Grace, who is unstable and clearly going to go off the deep end at any moment.
0: Yeah, like, I've read this book and it does not have a happy ending for anyone under Grace's command. Like,
1: I've been on a lot
0: of Leviathans. I've seen a lot of stuff and... This, this guy is not someone you want to stick uh, with long term. This is not a wagon you want to hitch your wagon to.
1: A horse to yeah. hitch your wagon to. Yeah. yeah. Valerik also tells her, um, this experiment is totally going to kill this Leviathan. It is really, really bad. And we know that's true. We know that other Leviathans have died trying to give birth to these Peacekeeper hybrid ships.
0: Mm.
1: It's only because...
0: They put in the bare minimum effort to do a cesarean that uh, Moya didn't die.
1: Yep. Yep. It's because Moya didn't have a control collar and Shiana was there to go do a uh, Leviathan midwifery. Mm. So back in the present, John is like, Aaron, don't leave. Stay here with me. You know, in a callback to the scene where Valeric told you to stay with him.
0: Mm. And Aaron's like, whoa, deja vu.
1: Yeah. And... John's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to Pilot, because honestly, as mad as Pilot is at you, I feel like the two of you have a bond that should allow you to not
0: drift in space until you die. Yeah. Or find a different, you know, planet, but probably die in space.
1: Yeah. And we go back to the past and we see Pilot being connected to Moya, Mm. and Valaric tells him that... It hurts now, but it's basically going to hurt forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you think it might, you think it hurts now, but you'll get used to it.
1: But it will hurt forever. You're basically the Little Mermaid now, and every time you walk, it's going to feel like a knife is cutting your fins open and your feet are stepping on glass.
0: Kind of a, kind of a dick move on the sea witch's part.
1: Hey, she warned, she warned Ariel. Is it Ariel in the book? No, it's just the mermaid i think i don't think she has a name
0: yeah and then she dies or
1: she yes yeah, she... she
0: dies but she might or may not turn to sea foam depending on whether or not the kid you're reading the story to is good or not
1: yes that is correct see the thing is mermaids don't have souls but they live for like thousands and thousands of years but then when they die they just turn into sea foam mm. so if the mermaid had managed to stay a human Then she would have had a soul and gone to heaven. But since she was in this weird in-between space when she died, her soul is wandering the earth looking for good children. And if you are a good child, maybe the little mermaid won't turn into sea foam. Maybe she'll get to go to heaven.
0: Thanks, Hans Christian Andersen. I'm sorry that your probable gayness manifested in these weird, horrifying stories for children.
1: I mean, we talk about Disneyfication, but... Maybe that story's ending could have used a little cheering up.
0: Oh, people complain about Disneyfication, but have you read the original Snow White? It is boring as hell. Oh, an old lady gave me a poison comb. Better brush my hair with it. Oh, an old lady gave me a poison shoe. Better put it on my feet. Oh, an old woman gave me a poison apple. Maybe you should stop taking crap from old ladies.
1: Okay, so fairy tales are designed to impart lessons.
0: And put children to sleep.
1: And put children to sleep. That's why they're repetitive like that.
0: But, like, same thing with Cinderella. Three balls.
1: Okay, but did the movie do better? They had to invent this, like, weird subplot with the cat.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, they had to do a whole thing with the cat and the mice because otherwise the movie's, what, four minutes long? Right. But, yeah. Point. But, like... (sighs) I feel like Disney made some good choices in adapting some of these stories.
1: Well, I mean, Renaissance Disney knew what they were doing. They were good storytellers. And by Disney Renaissance, obviously, I mean... The 90s. The 90s.
0: Like, Beauty and the Beast made some pretty solid cuts when they were adapting it.
1: We watched that recently with our daughter, and that movie holds up. It's a good movie. It's well-constructed. It has almost no fat on it.
0: Yeah. And unlike the Cocteau version, you're not... I, I know it predates a lot of this stuff, but with the cocktail version, you're like, okay, this feels like a lot of other fairy tales. Like, she's got the Wicked Sisters and, like... I mean, the,
1: the Wicked Sisters are part of the original story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff that Beauty and the Beast, the Disney version, did a good job in cutting.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, the Beast is going to die of loneliness if she stays home for too long. So her sisters, are who are jealous that she gets to live with a rich dude, even if he's a monster, you know, conspire to keep her home for longer so he'll die of loneliness.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Disney made good changes.
0: There aren't armadillos everywhere. The cocktail version is worth watching if you haven't seen it. It's one of the things that old movies did to give uh, places a kind of surrealistic uh, feel because armadillos are you know
1: oh i thought you were just talking
0: no no there are a lot of old movies that have just armadillos in them when they want a place to feel foreign and alien Huh. and uh they're in the john cocteau beauty and the beast i also like how the john cocteau beauty and the beast starts with basically an anti-cinema sense thing where it's like
1: This is a fairy tale. Stop picking stuff apart.
0: Yeah, they're like, you need to watch this movie with the eyes and open mind of a child. Otherwise, you are not going to enjoy it because fairy tales are meant to exist in a world of dreams. And if you are a pedantic shithead, you will not be able to properly interact with the material.
1: Well, no, yeah. Yeah, you've read Warm Bodies, right? The zombie book? Yeah. I love that book. And literally love restarts his heart and makes him human again when he's a zombie and someone else was reading that book and was like okay but how does the science work and i'm like it's a story it's an allegory stop it
0: yeah you can't like
1: stop
0: I really like that book. I I honestly, I should reread it. And I I really enjoyed the movie too. I feel like the movie did a good job adapting the book. It didn't have room to really go into the metaphysics of it.
1: I think the movie was fine, but forgettable. But I did, yes, really enjoy the book.
0: Because, God, the whole thing with the the human settlements being this like elaborate metaphor for sort of the death of the human spirit. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you build a box to keep yourself safe, but all of the stuff that you do to keep yourself safe shuts you off from the world. It creates this whole meta-narrative about darkness, which I just Uh, love so much.
1: Okay, so I like Warm Bodies because Mm -hmm. I don't usually like zombie stories. And I feel like the theme of zombie stories is usually humans are the real monsters. Whereas the theme of Warm Bodies is what makes a human a human. And that's such a more positive, uplifting story. Well, I like
0: the thing about why zombies try to eat people's brains is because... So that they can... Feel alive. Yeah. And, like, the fact that she reignites the spark in him without him needing, you know.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Warm Bodies, a zombie story for people who don't like zombies.
0: It is a really good book. And I like the movie. It's...
1: It's, I think it's it, not
0: as deep as the book, but it's... it's.
1: There was nothing wrong with the movie, but it didn't really make a big impression on me. Hmm. I, it was fine, but forgettable. So, back in the past on Moya, uh, Pilot is trying to get control of Moya, who's like, wait, you're not my pilot. And it's difficult, and...
0: You're tearing me apart, Moya!
1: Yeah, well... Then we cut back to the present, and Pilot tells John the reason he's so upset, which is that Moya only accepted him because she was forced to and tortured into it, and it's not fair to Moya, and fuck it, he rips out his lower half, and he is no longer bonded to Moya. Yeah. It's intense and dramatic and also guess what now this ship is failing because she has no pilot
0: thanks pilot you made a very big dramatic gesture that screwed everyone over thank you thanks awesome
1: awesome moya is in distress because leviathans need pilots to survive and now she has no pilot but pilot's like no it's better this way because she never wanted me
0: she didn't actively diswant you, though.
1: I mean, she didn't. She was she was freaking out when she first woke up when Pilot was put in there. Yeah,
0: but I'm sure she's used to him by now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're bonded now, even if they were artificially fused together.
0: Mm. It's like someone you're friends with because they're, like, the only person who speaks English in your area. And maybe it's not someone you'd hang out with normally, but, you know. And then you just become genuine friends because you spend enough time together.
1: Yeah. Or like your friends from school, right? You're friends because you're stuck in the same place every day, but some of them you actually have a bond with and you're close enough to that you stay friends when school is over. Yeah. Like one or two, if you're lucky. Yeah. So back in the past, Aaron is watching Valaric be all kind and caring to Pilot and calm him and make him feel better, and also revealing that he has sabotaged Krace's experiment so that the Leviathan will not be injured by it.
0: Hmm. And she's like, is that treason or is it making me horny? I can't tell for sure.
1: Why not both?
0: (laughs) Also, I love how tied back her hair is when she's, you know... A peacekeeper, and her hair is flowing free and beautifully when she's not.
1: Yeah, both in the present and when she was having sex with Valaric, her hair is all, as you say, free and flowy. But in peacekeeper mode, it's tightly wound. I
0: really don't like when they straighten it. I've noticed sometimes when Aaron has it out, it's straightened, and I I think it it doesn't look as good.
1: Mm. Yeah, she does have a nice natural wave to her hair. Mm. So, in the present... Aaron is going to go talk to Pilot. She's going to talk this out because, you know, Pilot ripped himself out of the ship and...
0: It's le bad.
1: It's bad.
0: So the DRTs are like, hmm, what's going on here?
1: Yup. They're kind of guiding along, looking down hallways, trying to figure out what's happening. Are these new hallways? This is a new hallway! We got an entire- this. There are so many new sets in this episode, which is remarkable considering that we never leave Moya because both the present and the past flashbacks are on Moya, and yet they built so many new sets for it.
0: Okay, I really like this new set that they're going through now because the walls look like intestines, and I really like when they have a like organic feel to Moya.
1: Yeah, and the idea with these- walls the idea with this other hallway is that they're kind of going through the guts of moya like not a part that you normally walk through because they need to sneak up on pilot mm. and as long as they're in there john wants Aaron to flash back and let him know why she's so worked up about everything that went down with Valerik.
0: so in the past she's doing a naked massage on Valerik. he's you know, a- as one does with one's lover, he's sitting there and she's standing behind him rubbing his naked back.
1: She's rubbing his shoulders. He had a rough day of treason.
0: It it just doesn't seem like the ideal position for shoulder rubbing because he's sitting and she's kind of standing and leaning down over him. Yeah. I, get- I mean, it doesn't matter because she swings around and she sits on his presumably naked lap and she's like, well, hi there, soldier.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Aaron says she decided she does want to go with him. Whatever he wants to do, she wants to go with him. And...
0: He says, oh, well, don't worry. I'll, I'll make sure you keep seeing stars.
1: Usually that's associated with violence, not like really good sex.
0: Mm, I guess that's a that's a solid point there. But uh, Aaron kind of tries to talk him out of doing the treason thing that he did. She's like, look... I want to be with you, I want us to keep this going, but you did a treason and you need to undo it before anyone finds out.
1: And, uh uh-oh, before he can say anything, Crace storms in because it turns out Aaron already turned him in. She already told Crace about his treason so that Crace would let her go back to Prowler duty.
0: Wah-wah.
1: Yeah. Not great.
0: It seems weird that you uh I mean, did you think it would take him longer to act on this?
1: Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. Yeah. I think she thought that maybe Valoric could go undo it and get out of this and Oof.
0: No, yeah, not not so much. So he he's like, I thought what we had was special and she's like Oh, I might have made a bad choice as they're dragging his naked ass through the halls, which has to be real embarrassing for a peacekeeper.
1: Right? Not just are you going to be arrested and tortured and definitely killed, but also...
0: Also, all of your co-workers are going to see your dong. Yeah. So, is Varric dead? Does he ever come back?
1: No, Varric's dead. Yeah. Valaric. Valaric. Valaric is dead. Yeah. There's a
0: lot of people with names like that.
1: Yeah. John's like... Oh that's
0: it's rough buddy bad
1: Whew. so so you the person you loved the only person you loved the way you love me yeah, oh that's not good yep and Aaron lets John know that the peacekeepers never found out what Valark did but now she realizes that what he did was put up the shield that kept Moya from getting pregnant that Dargo smashed releasing the sperm sure
0: or what have you
1: yes up on command everyone who's not john and aaron is just getting their three or four lines for this episode trying to keep life support going
0: and can i say such a good move on the writer's part to not have a b plot
1: yeah that's true i hadn't thought about it but yeah
0: because a lot of the b plots i mean there there are some solid b plots but a lot of the time they just take away from really good a plots
1: and, I mean, this A plot is so strong. A B plot would have weakened the episode. So... Okay. They get into Pilot's den, and Pilot is surrounded by DRDs who are shooting at John and Aaron to defend Pilot. And John and Aaron start shooting back, and are like, Pilot, listen to us! And he's like, "You're look at what you're doing! You're pointing a gun at me!
0: You know... Like that other pilot who you shot until she died from it. And Aaron's like, well, you only have to one sixteenth worry about that.
1: 4.17%. Yeah, yeah.
0: But Aaron's like, look, we need to talk. We both loved the same man. He wanted to do right by you. I should have done right by him. I'm the big sorry.
1: Pilot's like, you're only trying to make up with me because you know you're going to die if I'm not cooked up to this ship. And they're
0: like. Which is a solid point.
1: Yeah. But John admits that this is true, but also Moya is upset because she has no pilot. Do you want Moya to be upset, pilot?
0: And Pilot's like, she's better off without me. And John's like, she's demonstrably not better off without you. Like, yeah, you two didn't consent to your relationship. Ugh. But like. You've developed this very... You're like uh, Tevye and Golda.
1: Yeah, it was like an arranged marriage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're like Tevye and Golda, where it, it was an arranged marriage, but now you really love each other, you know? Yeah. After all these years, it's good to know.
1: And Aaron... Aaron's like, no, you're right. I did something terrible. I should definitely die. You all shouldn't die, though, so just flush me into space and hook back up with Moya. And now we learn pilot's big secret which is the reason that he thinks he deserves to die hmm.
0: by the way that was a uh
1: fiddler on the roof reference yeah i i was assuming everyone got it but you're right
0: yeah. why
1: why would they necessarily know
0: it's one of those things where like i i grew up seeing fiddler on the roof all the time i think i saw it live like a couple of times as a kid and you know the movie and i feel like i, I was actually in a version of it oh i was not a uh Named character.
1: Ah, yes.
0: But like, it's one of those things that I think of as being universal. But I bet there are a lot of people who grew up never seeing Fiddler on the Roof.
1: I mean, I guess that's probably true. Yeah, it's strange to think of because I also think of it as a universal touch point.
0: So we find out pilot's big dark secret.
1: You know, I said we're on Moya this entire episode. This we are not on Moya now. We are on the pilot planet.
0: Pilot.
1: Yes. And we see a young pilot who really, really wants to be joined to a ship, but...
0: He failed pilot school.
1: Yes, he's too young. And the elders have told him that he can't join with a Leviathan, but Valerik is here to give him a chance to go see the stars. And pilot's like, okay, but what about the... Elders. No, what about the pilot the ship has now?
0: Oh, and Valaric's like... Don't worry about it.
1: I mean, Valerik tells him, look, she's gonna die. If you don't join up with this Leviathan, some other pilot will. You may as well say yes. And that is how Pilot made a deal with the devil.
0: Yeah. Pilot wanted so badly to join with Moya, he, you know...
1: He agreed to be the new pilot. He... Allowed himself to believe that if he didn't do this, someone else would. But this pilot, our pilot, the pilot from today, knows that that's not necessarily true. It might be that no pilot would have taken Valaric up on his offer. He may not have been able to find a replacement if our pilot hadn't said yes.
0: I don't think that's true. I mean, I don't know how many pilots there are. I mean, I guess it could be a supply and demand thing, but uh, he probably could have found someone. But I, I know guilt doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Erin talks about compassion and how she didn't understand how Valaric was being compassionate to Pilot when she first saw them, but now she knows about love and empathy, and she couldn't imagine not being compassionate with Pilot. And she like strokes his cheek, and. Essentially, she talks about how the two of them have become different people and they deserve to get redemption together.
0: Yeah. About how they can help each other grow and become better people and they can become worthy of Moya and their dead boyfriend's trust.
1: Yeah. And Pilot reaches out and strokes Aaron's cheek just like she stroked his cheek. And it's a beautiful moment. And Pilot decides that he's going to connect with Moya organically. Yeah,
0: he's going to do it for realsies this time.
1: Yes, even though it will take maybe a whole year before he's really hooked up, which means that
0: everyone's going to die.
1: Yeah, Moya might be a little erratic for the next year.
0: Is that a, is that a running thing? Is this how they, uh, is this how they stop Moya from accessing her full capabilities now that she's not pregnant anymore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't build up Leviathans as this, like, ultimate ship and then have our heroes not get away all the time. Hmm. So. Yeah. So, Pilot hooks up and...
0: Moya accepts him.
1: And everybody is really supportive. I love how supportive everybody is. They're all like, you know what? We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. You deserve to have a good, strong connection with Moya. Like, a natural connection. Even though that makes us weak. Still, you deserve it.
0: Also, if you don't do this, we're all gonna die.
1: Well, yeah, that too. But I I feel like they genuinely are supporting him. And then we have our final debrief with Aaron and John.
0: I do like pilot makes a point of saying that he's not in pain anymore
1: yes because he's been in pain this entire time which (sighs) imagine that i
0: don't generally like this sort of thing where they like introduce oh by the way here's a problem one of the characters has been suffering the entire time and it gets resolved in the episode where it finally gets brought up Uh, but it's fine here i mean it's not exactly like we spent a ton of time with pilot so
1: yeah so Aaron and John are having their final debrief, and Aaron says that Valaric told her she could be more than what she is, which you will remember is what John said to her in the pilot right before she joined up with him.
0: Mm, Weird.
1: And John's like, so, Valaric said that to you and you were in love with him, so... And then we cut, because, yeah, yeah, John, she's in love with you, but clearly she's got a lot of baggage, so, you know... Handy J's
0: until a season finale.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> so this is probably my favorite episode of Farscape that we've done so far.
1: I mean, it's a pretty incredible episode. I, It's it's one of the best.
0: I mean, it's it's playing off of one of the better established relationships.
1: Aaron and Pilot. Yeah,
0: it's characters are invested with. Rigel's not in it for very much.
1: You're He's hardly in it at all.
0: And yeah, I like this episode a lot. I think this is probably the best episode of Farscape thus far.
1: Definitely. It's definitely the best one we've seen so far. So, you ready to do our segments? Yep. So, the first segment we have is a distant part of the universe, which is what world building worked for you.
0: Okay, so I really like sort of the short glimpse we see of Pilot's home planet Mm -hmm. that, like, that bonding with a Leviathan is. It's not just, like, a way of life, but it's also something that has to be kind of earned. Oh, yeah. I really like that note and the fact that Pilot didn't earn it.
1: Yes. I really like Pilot's language. The fact that their language is so complex the translator microbes can't even translate it. This episode really does a lot to flesh out what Pilot culture is. Mm. In a way that makes it make sense... That pilots would be bonded to Leviathans. Yeah. Our second segment is Strange Alien Creatures, where we talk about the puppets.
0: All right, so this isn't exactly that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I really like that we got to see a new part of Moya that looked more organic again. Like I said earlier, I like it when it looks like it's actually a living ship. It's part of the intro spiel I feel like it needs to be incorporated into the show more. And I do really like when they're like, look, they are literally inside a living creature in space.
1: Well, I like that we got to see more of Pilot, of the Pilot Puppet, and the way he's connected to Moya. Because I thought they did a really good job of making it look both technological and organic. Mm-hmm. S- speaking of, a living ship. Yeah. Yeah, this episode really does emphasize that Moya is a living ship in a way that some episodes she may as well not be. Yeah. And our final segment is looking for a way home, which is what resonated with you this episode. I mean,
0: obviously it's Aaron and Pilot's thing at the end. It's like the, the linchpin.
1: Yeah. I mean, can I say the whole episode though?
0: Yeah, no, this is a really good episode for emotioning.
1: I mean, when John is comforting Aaron right after she's like punching the heavy bag and yes, Aaron and Pilot scene at the end. but also when Pilot attacks Aaron at the beginning and she's like, we have the same DNA and I what I did is so wrong and he's so angry and, it, it, and the
0: fact that it's a reflection of him being angry at himself. Like, yes. she they have the same DNA. They did the same horrible thing they both betrayed.
1: Yes. Yes, they literally have the same DNA, but also their characters have the same DNA, the same backstory, the same betrayal. Their characters arise from the same betrayal. Hmm. So I think that'll about
0: do it for this week.
1: Such a good episode.
0: Such a good episode. But what if we got on the block next?
1: Our next episode is... Okay, so I'm glad our next episode isn't a bad one. Hmm. It's an off-the-wall one, which is good because I think we need an off-the-wall one because you can't have another emotional episode. It's not going to compete with this. But just a bonkers one? The next episode is Picture If You Will. Oh,
0: is it the one where they're trapped in a a painting? Yes! Did not line up with the episode of Charmed where they get trapped in a painting.
1: I know, we were so close to lining up with the Charmed episode where they're trapped in a painting. (laughs) Oh, well.
0: Why doesn't anyone ever get trapped in paintings anymore? You know... Going concern in the 90s.
1: In the late 90s, early 2000s, I thought getting trapped in a painting was going to be a much bigger part of my life than it is. So, that's going to be it for this week. Mm -hmm. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maricruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should head over to our Facebook page, Welcome to Television.
0: We can also be located at... I love TV zines on Twitter or at I love at gmail.com.
1: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to the Uncharted Territories.